Hey, good morning, everyone. I'm Playbook co-author Ryan Lizza. It's Wednesday, April 26th, and here are the three big stories I'm following today. One, and we're going to be following this all week, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy's continued effort to try and pass the big debt limit deal through the House. Number two is an item you'll only see in Playbook this morning, and that is Unite the Country. That's the big pro-Biden super PAC has announced its first big ad. This tells you that the Biden campaign is in full swing. This is a million-dollar buy in Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. And interestingly, the ad is about Biden's promises to lower prescription drugs and bring manufacturing jobs back to America. Check out the ad, which is linked in the newsletter this morning. And then the third big thing related, this is day two of the Biden campaign announcement. And we're going to check in with my good friend, Sam Stein, Politico's White House editor, to break down how the Biden 2024 campaign launch went. Sam, thanks for doing this. Uh, just to let people know, you're out walking your dog. So yeah, yeah. very nice to interrupt that for this. Yeah, you can hear all the cars and the dogs in the background. It's a real immersive experience. So what are your thoughts about this, at least in my mind, pretty low-key announcement? Yeah, I have the same mindset as you do. It was kind of exceptionally low-key. It was a video um, and then nothing really. <laughs> no rally, no speech, a few you know, email solicitations. I got a few text solicitations. But other than that, it was kind of classically Biden in the sense of echoing his 20. 20 campaign where he just kind of kept a low key profile, did his thing, and then tried, I guess, strategically to recede into the background. And um, yeah, honestly, I think mainly it's your point, which is that they don't mind being low key. They like the contrast it creates with, with the Republicans. Yes. The, the messaging out of the White House and now from the campaign is mostly about the opposition. And I know this has been said many, many times, but I always go back to that famous Biden line, which he uses is, don't compare me to the almighty, compare me to <laughs> the alternative. And, you know, that's sort of the slogan. You've heard that, that one a few <laughs> times, maybe? Yeah. And it's, you know, it, it, it fits. That's the slogan of the campaign, right? I may have some defects, but. <laughs> yes. And what's, what's really interesting about that, Ryan, though, is like, you know, I think he does have like a proactive case to make about his own record, right? Like there's things he can point to and, you know, whether you agree with them or not, like, it's clearly not what they're going for. They're going for contrasts. Um, I mean, they clearly want to make it a choice. And I think problems they're going to face is, can they motivate Democrats? And I don't think Democrats are motivated by the fact that the war in Ukraine is kind of at a standstill. They're motivated by the fact that Trump might come back into power. Yeah. All right. So we have the, the sort of style of the campaign, which is going to be low key focus on the opposition, focus on what he likes to call MAGA Republicans, focus on the extremism of the other side. What was your takeaway from the content uh, of that video that they released Tuesday morning? Now, one thing kind of really stood out for me, kind of a little obscure, but I noticed he mentioned pretty heavily uh, book banning, which is yeah. like, you know, that says, hey, you know, these Republicans are like going into your kids' classrooms and taking books off the shelves, yeah. determining what they can read. Now, I, you know, you know, it could be a real motivator for not just for, I guess, suburban mothers, but, you know, for young people, too. And again, I go back to the fact, who are the people that he needs? He needs to maintain that coalition he built in 2020, which was, you know, moderate Republicans, suburbanites. And he needs to make sure that he doesn't have a huge drop off in base support. One last question, Sam. The new Biden reelection campaign announced some campaign leadership and some co-chairs. And I thought it was interesting that there are these new leaders of the campaign 
are, are they actually running it or is that going to be done out of the White House? So you know the answer to that. I believe that is a rhetorical <laughs> question. Uh, the, the, the answer is, is that it will be the inner circle, and the inner circle remains in the White House. I think that the more interesting question there is not who is going to be advising you, but how they're going to do it. And you're absolutely right. Uh, when you are an incumbent president, there are certain advantages, right? You can use your first one. You have you know the, the weight of the office behind you. You are, by definition, seen as presidential. You don't have to clear that hurdle. But there are disadvantages too, which is you have to divide your time. You, like you can't be sort of complacent on the job. You also have to consider how things look legally and politically. You know, if you're gallivanting off in some place in you know outside of Milwaukee when there's a flood happening down in Louisiana, that looks bad when yeah. you're the president. And so, balancing these two constituencies and these two interests is very, very important. And when Obama did it, you know, he had David Plouffe back in the White House, right? Like he, yeah. he had Plouffe in the White House and he had Axelrod out in Chicago. He had his two people split. And I'm kind of curious to see how Biden is going to do it when we actually get a determination of where he's going to be based from. Sam, thank you very much for doing this and doing it while you're walking your dog. Incidentally, what's the, what's the dog's name? Bennett the Beagle. He is a disaster. Bennett the Beagle. I always ask when someone <laughs> mentions a dog, like what the name is. <laughs> Well, he's grateful for you. Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> Take care, man. And for your schedule, let's check out what's happening in the House and Senate today. The House will meet at 10 a.m. ATF Director Stephen Dettelbach will testify before the Judiciary Committee, also at 10 a.m. And then Acting FAA Administrator Billy Nolan testifies before the Appropriations Subcommittee at the same time. Over in the Senate, Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm will testify before the Armed Services Committee at 930 the Help Committee will vote on Julie Sue's nomination to be Labor Secretary at 10 a.m. That's a big one that everyone is watching. USAID Administrator Samantha Power will testify before the Foreign Relations Committee at 10 a.m. And VA Secretary Dennis McDonough will testify before an Appropriations Committee at 10 a.m. Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo will testify before an Appropriations Subcommittee at 2.30 p.m. I'm Ryan Lizza. Thanks for listening.